Hello, my friends. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Allen at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And we are on the subject of our, our, our identity and our authority in Christ. And right now we are building up the background. We have done four lessons so far. This is our fifth lesson. And the last lesson we talked about the price that Jesus paid for us and why that is crucial to who we are in Christ. Our identity, uh, as I said, our new identity, it is in Christ Jesus. And it is all because of what Jesus has done for us. And now I want to start by reading you, uh, reading to you from Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to talk to you about something else that Jesus did for us upon the cross. And it says in Colossians 2 verses 14 and 15, it says, Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note bond with its legal decrees and demands which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us, this note with its regulations, decrees and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. So he's talking about two things that Jesus did, and this was the first one. And this, uh, I'm reading it to you, uh, it's, you know, the verse seems quite long because I'm reading it to you from the Amplified Version, which gives us a, a good and deeper understanding of what uh, the Word of God actually says. Let me read it again. He's actually talking about the law of Moses. Um, if, if I explain this, if I tell you it's the law of Moses, then you'll understand what this verse says. It says, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note or bond with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. He's talking about the law of Moses with its demands, uh, its legal decrees and demands that were hostile to us. He says, it says this note with its regulations, decrees and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. That means that when Jesus died on the cross, he took the law of Moses, which actually pronounced us sinners because it stood against us with his demands. And we were in no way in any place in which we could fulfill the legal demands of the law of Moses. So what Jesus did was that in his life, he fulfilled the law of God. He fulfilled the law of Moses and in his death, he took the law of Moses and nailed it to the cross. So, uh, as, but the law of Moses is still holy. It is still the word of God. Yeah, it is not. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with the law of Moses. It is still the word of God. It still shows us God's holiness and his righteousness. It reveals to us the righteousness of God, but what it, it no longer is, is that it is no longer our means of salvation. In other words, we are not beholden to the law of Moses in the sense that we have to keep the law of Moses as being the only way through which a man can be saved. It was that way before Jesus. The law of Moses was the only way available to man uh, to, to be accepted by God, but Nobody could ever keep that law because man's of man's sinful nature. But Jesus, what he did for us on our behalf, he kept the law, he fulfilled the law. And then upon the cross, he nailed the law to the cross in effect by bearing the punishment that was upon ours, on us, 
because of our not being able to keep the law or the law of Moses, he took the punishment of breaching the law, that punishment which was upon us. He, he <coughs> paid the price uh, for our sins and he nailed the law to the cross. So that was the first thing he did. And then the second thing he did on the cross in Colossians uh, 2.15, he says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a blow, a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it, the cross. So at, at the cross, Jesus dealt with the law of Moses uh, that was hostile to us, but he also dealt with Satan who was hostile to us. It says he disarmed, he disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him, in, in Jesus and in the cross. That means upon the cross, Jesus Christ, he defeated the devil decisively once and for all and triumphed over him on our behalf. So we, you know, Jesus, because he fulfilled the law and he defeated the devil, that means that we come out with a plus in that we are no longer beholden to the law of Moses for our salvation. Although the law of Moses is still holy, it's still the word of God. It is no longer our means of salvation. Our salvation comes through faith in, the, in Jesus Christ alone. And at the same time, the second thing he did was that he defeated Satan, who is our mortal enemy, the enemy of our soul, the accuser of the brethren. Jesus defeated those principalities and powers of darkness that were arrayed against us and triumphed over them at the cross. Praise the Lord. Now, <clears throat> let me go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 to 24. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul. And this is what he said. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So what he's saying that uh, the Apostle Paul, he said when he came, uh, he came to preach the gospel, but not through the wisdom of words, not by uh, words to, uh, you know, through philosophical debates that would, uh, that would convince other people. And he said, no, I didn't come to preach the gospel through philosophy to convince you through philosophical or intellectual debate or discussion or discourse. Jesus, uh, he says, I'm sorry, Paul says, I, I, for Christ sent me to preach the gospel, but not with the wisdom of human words, not with, with enticing words of man's wisdom. But he says, because if I did that, the cross of Christ would be of none effect. Because he said, if I preach with intellectual intellectualism and wisdom and, and, and philosophical wisdom, he said it would make the it would deplete the power of the cross. It would make the power the cross of none effect. But he says, for the preaching of the cross, he said, I want to keep the cross full 
up there right in front of you. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. He says the proclamation of the cross of Jesus, it says that uh, it is foolishness to the world, but unto us it is the power of God. And he expounds on that later. This is, this is good. He said, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. He's talking about the foolishness because the world looks at the, uh, at the preaching of the cross as foolishness, but uh, and because the world thinks it's so wise, the world thinks it's so smart. So when they hear the simple message of the cross, you know, about this savior who came to this world and was crucified and he was buried and he rose again from the dead and that in his death, he bore the sins and diseases of all mankind. And in his resurrection, he destroyed and defeated all the powers of darkness. And that message is basically, it looks like foolishness to the world. He says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Then he says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Who says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. He says that this was God's wisdom that man could not know God through human wisdom. He said, it doesn't matter how eloquently, how, how well you can uh, speak or how convincing your, uh, uh, your, your um, ability to uh, coerce and, and, and impress others with your discourse. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are with words or, or how wise you can appear in human terms or how smart you are or how knowledge you are. He says, he says the world through this wisdom knew not God. He says there have been so many philosophers and so much of worldly wisdom out there, but the world through those philosophies and all that could not know God. The world did not get to know God through those philosophies. He says why? He says because it pleased God. God chose that people should be saved through the preaching, the foolishness of preaching. Isn't it isn't amazing? And here we have the philosophies and the wisdom of this world that are so big, you know, people with big heads, with great ideas, and they are very eloquent and very wise, and they have the power to convince you with their arguments, and they are masters of the discourse. But he says, but God chose that through none of these can people get to know God. But what God did choose, he chose that men should be saved through the foolishness of preaching. And then it says here, for the Jews require a sign. The Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. So the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified which is unto the Jews a stumbling block because for the Jews, the Messiah was this conquering figure who would come and destroy the Romans and establish the kingdom. But we preach crucified, the one who was led as a lamb to the slaughter, the one who was whipped and bruised and beaten and nailed to the cross, the bleeding, dying savior who was crucified among two thieves, two criminals. He says that is, uh, that is a stumbling block for the Jews because the Jews cannot accept that kind of Messiah. They are 
are waiting for the Messiah, the conquering warrior, hero Messiah. But here's the bleeding, dying Messiah, Christ. He says, we preach Christ crucified. We don't preach the conquering, militant, victorious Messiah. But we preach Christ, the crucified one, the one who, who was whipped and bruised and beaten and crowned with thorns and who uttered not a word in his own defense, but like a lamb is led to the slaughter. He went to the slaughter and he was crucified and he died there bleeding and, 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 uh, and you know, bleeding and in great pain. That is the Christ we preach. We preach Christ crucified. But that Christ that we preach is to the Jews a stumbling block. It is a stumbling block because it, it is the antithesis of what they believe. But and to the Greeks, it is foolishness. I mean, how can he be the king of all kings, the Lord of all of lords? How can this person be the savior of all mankind, dying and suffering like that? But he says, but to, oh, but to them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the wisdom of God, and Christ is the power of God. So that's what he's talking about. He says that we don't preach with the, the gospel, with the wisdom of words, the wisdom of human words, we, or with philosophy, or are able to, or our ability to convince people by, uh, you know, by our words. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach the bleeding, dying, crucified Messiah, because. For us, that preaching of the cross is the power of God. Hallelujah. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 to 10. And uh, actually, he's, you know, he's writing these to the Korean, uh, Corinthians. And I'm telling you why. Because you see, here's the background. When Paul first set foot on the European continent, he came to Athens and he stood in Marseille. I've actually been to Marseille and that Marseille, which is right at the bottom of the hill from the famous Parthenon. Uh, Marseille is the place where the gospel was first preached on the European continent. So Paul came there to Athens and he preached the gospel at Marseille. And then from where you, when you stand in Marseille, you can see the places where the temples were, where the places where, where all the philosophers used to meet and debate and and discuss, you know, uh, life and theology, whatever. And Paul, Paul wasn't a dummy. Paul was smart. Paul, Paul was, I mean, he was sharp as a knife. He was very intelligent, very well read. In fact, he could discuss philosophy with the best of them. So what Paul did, he engaged the philosophers of Athens because the Athenian philosophers were known to be the greatest of that age. So he sat with them and he tried to uh, do like a seeker friendly thing, you know, bring the gospel to them uh, through the, uh, uh, within the paradigm of philosophy, Greek philosophy. But he hardly won any converts because that's why you don't read of any epistle from, the Paul, from Paul to the church in Athens because he literally failed there. But then from there, he went to Corinth. And when he came to Corinth, he decided he's not going to uh, get into philosophy, but he's going to preach the cross. So when he came to Corinth and he preached the cross, I mean, it exploded. There were people saved. There were signs, wonders, and miracles. So that is why 
he's writing to the Corinthians and he says that, listen, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with words of human wisdom, but I preached Christ crucified. He's actually referring to that because uh, because he, when he came to Corinth, he decided to preach Christ crucified and not, uh, you know, use the philosophical uh, 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 approach that he had done in Athens. So understand this. This is why he's writing about this. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 to 10, he's writing to the Corinthians. He says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, <coughs> sorry, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, I didn't come with excellent highfalutin speech, uh, speeches of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, when I came to you, I didn't want to know anything else among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He said, in fact, I came to you in wisdom because my strength was in the philosophical discourse, but I didn't come with that. I just came and preached that which was foolishness, that which was a stumbling block, the message of the cross, the simple message of the cross. So I was outside of what I was trained for in, you know, in the fields of, uh, in, in academics, in, uh, you know, in, the, in, in, in philosophy. He says, and my preaching and my, my speech and my preaching in verse 4 was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Perfect means mature. We speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. He says that in this foolishness of preaching, the, of Christ crucified, there is a wisdom. And that's what he's saying, that we didn't come with this enticing words of man's wisdom, but we came to you with God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is not like man's wisdom, you know, highfalutin thoughts and speech, but God's wisdom is in Christ crucified. And I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you why. He said, we speak wisdom among them that are mature, but not the wisdom of this world with, uh, you know, highfalutin philosophical thoughts and all that. But <coughs> not the nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. He says, We do speak wisdom, but it's the wisdom of God, and we speak in, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world into our glory. So he's saying that I preach to you the cross, but in the cross is hidden a wisdom, a mystery which God has ordained from before time, which, which would be to bring us to glory. He says, which none of the princes of this world knew, because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So you see, as I told you, when Jesus was walking on this earth, the devil was wondering, what is he doing here? I've been worshiping him up there, and then I was thrown out, and now he's on this earth. And the devil never fully understood what Jesus was on this earth for, because if he had known this mystery, the hidden wisdom in verse 7, it says God had this mystery. God had this 
hidden wisdom which the world doesn't understand he says that he says if the princes of this world that means the devil he says if the devil had known this wisdom has known this mystery he would have never crucified jesus in other words the devil actually played into uh, god's hands he says jesus said you know paul says if the devil knew what was up what god was up to if he understood this hidden mystery this hidden wisdom he would have never crucified the lord of glory verse 9 but as it is written i has not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for them that love him so he says this is what paul says he says listen Let me tell you something about this mystery. You know this hidden wisdom, this hidden mystery. He says, "I has not seen, nor has ear heard." This talking about the natural eyes have not seen, nor the natural ears have heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for us who love Him. But God, so you know, we talk about the mystery of God, the secret things of God, and there are things that are secret. But what? Look at. it says the eye has not seen neither has the as the ear heard neither have have the uh, you know entered into the heart of man the things that god has prepared for you and me but it says verse 10 but that's not the end verse 10 says but god has revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god what he's talking about is this he says you know if we put that passage the last passage i read and this passage from first corinthians what what the apostle paul is saying is this listen he said there's a wisdom of this world enticing words of man's wisdom and man's philosophy and man's ability to speak and and to add two and two together and make sense and to convince people about jesus about christianity he said i didn't do that i came to you i came to you not with enticing words of man's wisdom but i came to you preaching nothing but Christ crucified i came to you with the demonstration of the holy ghost of the power of the holy ghost he says for i determined not to know anything among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified and i came to you with weak, with weakness and in fear and much trembling so then he says he said and my speech and preaching was not with those words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and power so what was he talking about what did he preach he preached Christ crucified the very thing that is a stumbling block to the jews <coughs> sorry and foolishness to the greeks that very message which is a stumbling block and a foolishness that message of the christ that what he preached and then he says but you see we speak a hidden wisdom we speak a mystery that has been hidden from the world and where is that mystery he says that mystery he meant was in that simple message of the cross which was foolishness to all these people he said that message that hidden wisdom that hidden mystery of god is in that message of the cross and he says nobody has seen the end of days and if the devil knew this if the devil understood it he would have never crucified jesus because it is through the crucifixion of jesus that that message that hidden his hidden wisdom is revealed to us and then he says this wisdom and this mystery is of such a nature that eye has not seen neither is ear heard neither has entered into the heart of man the things that god has prepared for you and me 
But he said, but God hasn't hidden these things anymore. He has revealed them to us by his spirit. So what is this hidden mystery, this, this mystery, this hidden wisdom? I'm about to tell you that. You know what it is? The mystery, I've written this down, the mystery or the hidden wisdom is the revelation of what God has done for us through the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the hidden wisdom of God. That is the mystery of God. It is a mystery. It is hidden to the world, but God has revealed it to you and me by his word and his spirit. It was, it is so simple and it is in plain sight, but the Jews, they wanted their sign. They couldn't see it. It was in plain sight. The Greeks, they wanted their philosophy and their wisdom and they couldn't understand it. Nobody could understand it. The devil couldn't understand it because if he could, he wouldn't have crucified Jesus. But through the cross of Jesus, the wisdom has been revealed. This wisdom, this mystery is finally revealed. But who is it revealed to? It is revealed not to the world, not to the philosophers of this age, not to the theologians, but it is revealed to those of us who love him. And you know what that mystery is? The mystery or the hidden wisdom of God. I mean, just think of it. God takes this precious thing and, and it's so simple that only by faith you can see it. Without faith, you cannot see it. The mystery or the hidden wisdom is the revelation of what God has done for you and me through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the wisdom of God, and that is the power of God. What God did for mankind, for you and for me, through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is the revelation of the ages. And it is right there in the Bible. You don't have to go outside the pages of the Bible to go to some prophet who will reveal it to you or have some visions. No, it is right in the pages of the Bible. And it is a hidden mystery. It is, but it's hidden to the world. It is hidden to the forces of darkness. But for us who love him, it is in plain sight if we will study the scripture and understand what God has done for you and for me through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. If we would study that, if we would understand that, Lay aside all the philosophical musings and all those discussions and all those, you know, thoughts of people who think this, that and the other. Lay aside those things, but go to the scripture and find out what has God done for me through Jesus. When Jesus died upon the cross, what happened for us? What happened when he was buried? What happened when he rose again from the dead? And what is he doing now at the right hand of the father? That those things are the hidden mystery of God, hidden from the world, which the devil didn't understand. Because if he could, he wouldn't have crucified the Prince of Glory. But they have been revealed to us 
who love him by his spirit, but his spirit speaks through his word. And we are going to go into that the next lesson and we will understand what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. God bless you. And let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. Touch their lives. May they grow strong as they serve you. May they be blessed in all things, Father. Let there be life and health and healing and blessing over their families. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. God bless you.